Hello everybody, this is our sixth sermon in our series looking at the book of Philippians. The series is entitled How to Follow Christ in a Challenging World and this week we're looking at learning from godly role models. The passage is Philippians chapter 2 verses 19 to 30. One of the great privileges of my job is that I get to write up the story of people's lives. Sadly, that usually means the person in question has just died, because these are funeral tributes that I write. But what an honour it is to sit with a family and listen to them speak of their loved one. On these occasions, the families are always keen to speak of their loved one's character. Sometimes the exact details, the dates of when they moved or changed job, for example, can be a little hazy. But what they really want me to know and record is what the person was really like. Whether they were kind, generous, courageous, funny, hardworking. Whether they were a proud Eluk, devoted to their family, a Christian. Families are usually very honest when I speak with them. They don't hold back from telling embarrassing stories or accounting misdemeanours. Families know all of our strengths and our weaknesses. But when it comes to writing a tribute to the deceased, there is always something positive to say, a reason for the family's love. In truth, I often find myself inspired by writing these tributes. I often sit there wishing I'd got to meet the person while they were still in their prime. Sometimes I try to learn lessons from them and to act a little like them, to share in their wisdom. When this is the case, I encourage families at the graveside to see that even though their loved one has died, they can still be a role model to them. Indeed, part of the family's thanksgiving for their life might be to try and follow their example. Because I write a lot of these funeral tributes, I often find myself wondering how I will be remembered. What will Emily sit and tell the minister about me? She will certainly have many faults and failings to laugh about, but I hope there might be some positives to mention as well. What about all of you? What would you like people to say about you? How would you like to be remembered? What of your character and values would you like to be celebrated? What wisdom do you think would be gained from telling your story? In our reading today, we're going to be thinking about Christian role models and how in difficult times we all need people that we can look up to. The challenge for us is that these people mentioned in this passage were role models while they were still living. They could be highly commended in the present. Day by day, they were good examples of how to follow Jesus. We all need people like this. We also need to be these people for others. Over the last few weeks, we have seen the Apostle Paul spelling out how the believers in Philippi should be living as followers of Jesus. Remember that they were trying to live out their faith in a challenging world. They were up against violent persecution, immorality in the city, heretical preaching, and great disappointment as they heard that Paul himself had been imprisoned. 
Because of all this, Paul had been writing to encourage them, to pick them up and urge them on. But his writing has also been urgent and direct. The situation was serious. This was no time for messing around. Paul has urged the Philippians to consider the gospel, to remember the lengths that Christ went to in order to save them. And in response, they were to stand firm against the opposition together. Over the last few weeks, we've heard Paul instruct the Philippians to do everything they can to live together in unity, to remain humble and serve the best interests of others in the church. That way the whole church family will make it through the difficulties they are facing. They are also to continue to strive to live holy lives. Because then the Philippian believers would shine out like beacons for God in the dark world that they were living in. Now that is quite a set of demands that Paul has laid upon them. Unity, holiness, standing firm against persecution even at times ignoring the hostility and pressing on with the work of evangelism regardless. This all sounds a bit impossible, a bar too high. Maybe we have all felt that a little over the last few weeks as we have read it. But in our passage today, Paul wants to assure his readers, both then and now, that living a life of faith amid the pressures of the world is not impossible. To prove it, he's going to give two real-life examples. Paul is going to take two fellow believers, both of whom the Philippians knew well, and hold them up as role models. By doing so, Paul is saying to us, this is how you can live an effective, godly life today. Learn from their wisdom and take action. The first role model that Paul wants his readers to learn from is Timothy. And we read something of his story in verses 19 to 24. We know from Acts 16 that Timothy had been with Paul when he first visited Philippi and began the church there. Therefore, the Philippians knew Timothy well and would have held him in great esteem. As Paul wrote this letter, Timothy, of his own free will, was serving Paul in prison. Historians think it was probably Timothy who acted as his scribe, writing down many of the letters we have in the New Testament as Paul dictated them. Now it appears that Paul had wanted to send Timothy to Philippi to help the believers there in their struggle, but at that time Paul really depended on him himself. Remember, Paul was in prison, awaiting trial. That trial was now drawing near and Paul did not know what the verdict would be. It was entirely possible that Paul could soon be executed for his faith. Knowing that, Paul wanted to get off as many letters as he could while he still had the chance. He wanted to use what could be the last days of his life to help the young churches that he had planted. And he needed Timothy for that task. It is fair to say then that Paul and Timothy were very close. So what does Paul say about Timothy in his verses? How does he describe his character to the Philippians? Well, listen to how he begins in verse 20. I have no one else like him. 
Wow, that is high praise indeed. Timothy was a standout follower of Jesus. But notice what Paul says next, because it's important. Paul does not go on to describe Timothy as a great preacher or teacher. He does not give tribute to some super holy, super pious religious phenomenon. Nor does he record Timothy as a talented academic genius who has a way with words. No, not at all. In what follows next, Paul shows us the values he deems to be most important in a follower of Jesus. The simple character traits that are most required in a time of challenge for the church, and we can all aspire to them. First of all, Paul recommends Timothy as being someone who genuinely loves the church. Verse 20 goes on to say this, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Paul celebrates Timothy as a man who was concerned for other believers. Timothy was empathetic, prayerful, compassionate. He was a young man with a big heart, a joy to be around and a comforting presence. He was the type of person in church who you would willingly go to in a time of need. One of those people who acts like the glue that holds churches together. Second, Paul recommends Timothy as being someone who put Jesus above everything else. Listen to verses 21 and 22. Everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Unlike other Christians that Paul knew, Timothy's loyalty and commitment to Christ were unquestionable. In the words of Jesus, he was one of those Christians who always sought first the kingdom of God. In a time of trial, when the temptation was to drift away from God, or at least begin to hide your faith, Timothy was an example of someone who did quite the opposite. He remained on fire for God, obedient in all he did. By doing so, he was an inspiration for all who saw him. Third, Paul recommends Timothy as someone who was servant-hearted. What a tribute Paul gives in verse 22 when he says, As a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. All the way through this second chapter of Philippians, Paul has been urging his readers to serve one another just as Jesus came to earth and served us with his life. Here Paul commends Timothy as someone who has been willing to learn off of him. Timothy has served his apprenticeship in gospel work with great humility and willingness and as a result Paul trusted him completely. When a church goes through a time of difficulty, we really need to know that we can depend on our brothers and sisters around us. Instinctively, we begin to look for those who will serve us and others rather than acting selfishly for their own interests. Every church needs servants. Every church needs Timothy figures. I wonder how much like him we are today. So this was Timothy, Paul's first role model for the Philippians. 
He was living proof that a life of faith amid a challenging world was indeed possible. He loved the church, put Jesus first and was utterly servant-hearted. Let us take heart from his example and seek to live in light of it. In verses 25 to 30, Paul then goes on to speak of his second role model for the Philippians to follow, Epaphroditus. Now, Epaphroditus was one of the leaders in the Philippian church. Indeed, he had been the one sent by them as a courier to take the financial gift that they had raised for Paul to help support him while he was in prison. Remember, part of the reason Paul was writing this letter was to thank the church for their great generosity and kindness. Anyway, it appears that there had been some difficulty for Epaphroditus. While he was discharging his mission, he had fallen seriously unwell. Whether this happened while he was en route or while he was staying with Paul in custody, we do not know. But either way, brave Epaphroditus nearly died. News of this illness had caused great alarm to the Philippians and great distress to Paul himself, for Epaphroditus was a much-loved friend. However, as Paul writes, he has a testimony to share. Wonderfully, God had answered all their prayers and Epaphroditus had recovered. Indeed, he was so much better, Paul was sending him back to the church in Philippi to help them. Epaphroditus would be the one who brought this very letter to them to read. So that is who Epaphroditus was. But what does Paul say about him? How does he describe his character and hold him up as an example to follow? Well, just listen again to verse 25. I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. In just one verse, Paul says a lot. Epaphroditus was his brother. He had a close relationship with Paul. He was his co-worker. Epaphroditus didn't just sit around doing nothing all day. Indeed, he'd been prepared to travel a long way to support Paul in his ministry. Epaphroditus was Paul's fellow soldier. He had been prepared to face danger full in the face, to take risks for Jesus. Epaphroditus was the Philippians' messenger. He was trusted so much, the church had called him to be their ambassador and to carry all their money. Finally, Epaphroditus had travelled to Paul's prison cell to take care of his needs. He was then a minister of practical help. There is no question about it. Verse 25 is a glowing character reference. Yet Paul goes on. In verse 26, he describes how Epaphroditus put the needs of others before himself. Even when he was very unwell and near to death, and he had heard that the Philippians were worried about them, Epaphroditus was anxious for them. Paul says that he was distressed by the anxiety he had caused them. He then was a man of great empathy, one of the traits Paul is urging most on the Philippians to take up in their time of trial. All in all, Epaphroditus was a radical, wholehearted, courageous believer. He really was sold out for Jesus, 
ready to risk everything he had for the sake of the gospel. This is quite a transformation for a man who probably grew up in a pagan family that worshipped the goddess Aphrodite, for that is where his name comes from. Looking at Epaphroditus then calls us all to be much more committed to our faith and shows us that this is not an impossible ideal but an achievable goal for us all. In this passage then, Paul has given us two case studies, two real-life role models that the Philippians knew who set an example of godly living in difficult situations. In this part of the letter, Paul was urging the Philippians to carry on in their faith even while they lived through challenging days. As we read this today, he's doing the same for us. Timothy and Epaphroditus proved beyond doubt that it is possible to live with the values of Jesus even when we are under pressure. This is not to say that Timothy and Epaphroditus were perfect. They were not. They had weaknesses and made mistakes just like anyone else. Yet they continued to live wholeheartedly for the Lord. Thinking back to our opening illustration and pondering what we are known for, we should all want to be known for what is said of these two characters. That we genuinely love the church. That we put Jesus first in everything and that we live with a servant heart. When the church are going through challenging times, these simple values are by far the most important. They all go to make up men and women who are prepared to lay down their lives for God, just as Jesus did for us. How is it possible for us to develop these characteristics in our lives? Well, on this Pentecost Sunday, we need to mention the work of the Holy Spirit, whom if we let him will be prompting us through our conscience in this direction and giving us the strength and resolve to see it through, We don't become like Jesus in our own effort. But we should also recognise the role of the church in forming our characters. In this passage, it becomes clear that Paul has invested greatly in Timothy and Epaphroditus. He has mentored these young Christians, sharing his wisdom with them and no doubt praying for them regularly. Perhaps we could start doing this for one another. It's certainly what we're trying to do with our teenagers on the Thursday night Zoom. As a church, we're also to honour those in our congregation who do set us a good example, just as Paul instructs us to do in verse 29. By treating older Christians well and listening to their stories, it will start to form in us some of their values. Truly the church is the place where radical disciples are grown. But I'm not going to say any more. Now is the time for us to do what Paul wrote this passage for in the first place. Now is the time for us to stop talking and start acting like Timothy and Epaphroditus. To set out into our world and to live as much for Jesus as we possibly can. Sharing his love with all we meet and keeping the gospel hope alive amid the darkness of our world.